You're listening to Simplifying Investing with Diana Messina. This podcast is general in nature and hasn't taken your circumstances into account. It's important you consider your personal circumstances and speak to a financial advisor before deciding what's right for you. Any general tax information provided is provided as a guide only. Now, here's Diana. Hello and welcome to Simplifying Investing with Diana Messina, where this podcast looks at the hows and whys of economics to help you to improve your financial literacy and ultimately make you feel more confident about the economic environment and what that means for your own personal finances. The Reserve Bank of Australia has raised interest rates by 4% since April of last year. That's taken the cash rate from a record low of 0.1% to its current level of 4.1%. This has been the fastest tightening cycle that Australia has had since the late 1980s. As a result, there's an increasing number of people who are becoming concerned that households with debt are facing a significant level of mortgage stress. In today's podcast, I wanted to look at some of these indicators around mortgage stress. What are the statistics telling us? Are Australian households with debt actually under mortgage stress? And what is the outlook for consumers from here? The first thing to note is that monetary policy works by targeting those that have debt, whether it's households or businesses. As a result, monetary policy can often be seen as an unequal tool or a blunt tool that policymakers can use to change economic outcomes. In this current cycle, we've seen that households with debt have borne the significant impact of rising interest rates. But this is not different to any other rate hiking cycle that we've seen in the past. The transmission mechanism from monetary policy always impacts those that hold debt. The concern this time round is that the very fast increase in interest rates that we've seen could see some households run into trouble if they can no longer service their mortgage. If a household is unable to service their mortgage any further, it may lead to a big decrease in spending across both essentials and non-essentials, or it could even lead to forced selling of their homes, which would have a very big negative impact to the rest of the economy. When we look at current levels of consumer sentiment in Australia, overall sentiment levels are quite poor. Actually, they're pretty close to levels that you would normally associate with a pretty big downturn in economic growth. But when you break down where that weakness in sentiment is coming from, we can see that households that have a mortgage have the weakest levels of consumer sentiment compared to those that rent or those that own their home outright. I'm not surprised by that. Households with debt are the ones that have borne the major impact of rising interest rates in this current cycle that we're in. What I think is more important is trying to understand how households have managed to cope with rising interest rates and if we can see any levels of households facing mortgage stress. So how do we measure mortgage stress? There are a number of different ways. Firstly, we can look at the number of households that are in negative housing equity. Negative housing equity is when the value of your dwelling is worth less than its purchase price. Negative housing equity is a concern for households through the wealth effect channel. The wealth effect is an economic concept that says if your wealth is declining, then you generally tend to consume less because you don't feel as good about your own personal financial situation. When there's a negative housing wealth effect, that can either be a realized effect if you have to sell your home and therefore you receive less in the sale price than what you purchase it for, or it can be an unrealized negative wealth effect, which is when you see the value of your asset declining and therefore decide to spend less because you don't feel as positive about the outlook. These are some of the impacts of people being in negative housing 
housing equity. We can also see that when some households are in negative housing equity, they can become stuck with their lender, otherwise known as a mortgage prisoner, when they're trapped with their current lender at an uncompetitive rate and refinancing is not possible because they're seen as too risky. Negative housing equity is also a risk for the banks because it leads to a decline in the value of the assets on the bank's balance sheet, which ultimately means that that the banks need to hold more capital. Negative housing equity is really a concern when you see home prices declining. In Australia, we've actually had the opposite since January of this year. The housing market has surprised everyone substantially to the upside. National home prices are up by nearly 7% since their January low and are now only 1.3% below their all-time record high. Now, this means that the concern around negative housing equity is probably not a major risk right now in Australia because we have a housing market that is strong. On the Reserve Bank of Australia's own numbers, they see only 0.1% of loans as currently being in negative housing equity. And even if we see another large fall in prices from here, say by about 10% since their mid-year levels, that would only lead to a small rise in the number of loans facing negative housing equity. So it's pretty fair to say that households in negative housing equity is not a concern for the market right now. There are no signs of significant mortgage stress in this category. The other way that mortgage arrears can show up is if there is a significant rise in the level of mortgage repayments, which is usually represented as a share of consumer income. Now, this is the category that worries me the most. We have seen a significant rise in the value of mortgage repayments as a share of income since interest rates have been hiked. This is probably the biggest risk to consumer spending over the next six to 12 months. If we look at household interest repayments as a share of income, so not including principal repayments on mortgages, but just the interest costs, we can see that they reached a bottom of 4.4% in March of last year before the rate hikes and have now increased to about 7% as a share of income. And they will reach a record high of around 9% of income on our calculations. So that means that interest costs on mortgages are going to more than double. The RBA's interest rate hikes have not been felt by all borrowers just yet because we know that a large share of households fixed their loans over the past few years and that transition from fixed to variable loans is yet to fully complete. About 40% of loans that were fixed over the past few years have now rolled off onto variable, which means that there are still 60% of those loans that need to roll off onto variable rates that are two to three times what they were fixed at originally. That will mean that those households are yet to face a significant increase in their mortgage repayments. As a rough guide, the average household in Australia has a mortgage of about $600,000. With the 4% increase in interest rates since last year, that's about an extra $15,700 a year. If we account for the fact that some households have received a discount and we know that a lot of households did ask for those and that the pass-through rate from the cash rate to the outstanding mortgage rate has been lower compared to other cycles, then we can assume that households are probably getting charged an extra $13,000 or so a year on additional mortgage repayments. Now that's quite a substantial hit to household spending power. And those additional repayments need to be found from somewhere, whether it's reducing spending or through an increase in income. So far, households have managed to offset rising interest rates. We have seen some decline in retail spending since December of last year that reflects some slowing in consumer spending for non-essential items. Households have managed 
to keep up with rising mortgage repayments through two main channels. The first channel has been that the labour market has been much stronger than most were anticipating it to be. The unemployment rate has only increased marginally over the past few months and we've seen that earnings growth has still held up quite well because wages growth has increased. So rising mortgage repayments have been able to be offset by stronger employment and wage outcomes. And the second factor that has helped households to offset rising mortgage repayments is that consumer accumulated savings have still been quite high. Those accumulated savings were those that were done over the pandemic and households have been drawing down on their savings to keep up with rising mortgage repayments and also high inflation, which is ultimately a tax on spending. However, when you break down those additional accumulated savings that households have made, we can see quite a big divergence between different household groups. We know that the low and middle income households have lower savings compared to some of the higher income households and that a lot of those accumulated savings are being held by older household groups who probably have lower mortgage sizes. The main household groups that we're concerned about are those middle income household groups that have quite fixed levels of spending usually, and to those that have been taking out the larger mortgages over the past few years. There was some very interesting analysis published by the Reserve Bank of Australia in their semi-annual financial stability review recently. It showed that 13% of households on variable interest rates are now in a position of negative cash flow. This means that when you account for essential item spending and mortgage repayments, that is more than the value of the income being received by those households. Now that 13% of variable rate borrowers that are in negative cash flow is an increase from 3% before the interest rate hikes have started. So clearly there has been a significant impact from interest rate hikes on variable rate borrowers. And that group of borrowers who is in a position of negative cash flow will need to make a lot of adjustments to be able to meet their mortgage repayments. On the RBA's numbers, for fixed rate customers, about 18% of borrowers are in a negative cash flow position. And the Reserve Bank thinks that about 30% of variable rate borrowers are at risk of depleting any accumulated savings that they have within six months. This tells me that the outlook for consumers over the next 12 months still remains very challenging. While the economy has held up a lot better than where most were expecting it to be, and we've seen a resurgence in home prices and the labour market holding up quite well, the outlook from the labour market, as I discussed in a previous podcast, is challenging over the next six to 12 months. We see the unemployment rate rising to about about 4.5% from here, and that will put additional pressure on households. And we can see from the Reserve Bank's analysis that there are a significant amount of borrowers that are feeling the pressure from rising interest rates right now. The challenging outlook for consumers over the next 12 months is a major reason for why we see GDP growth in Australia looking quite poor in 2024 and why we still think there is a risk of a recession in Australia in the next 12 months. While there is still the risk of another rate hike before the end of the year from the Reserve Bank of Australia, if there is concern about the inflation and the wages outlook, we think that another interest rate hike would ultimately be a policy mistake because it would risk putting even more pressure on borrowers. So what we can see right now in Australia is that while not every single borrower is facing mortgage stress and that there are a number of ways of measuring mortgage stress, we can see that rising mortgage repayments are likely to be an important factor that will weigh on consumer spending in the next 12 months. As well as that, we can see a 
sizable share of borrowers that are facing negative cash flow and are under mortgage stress right now. For households that are facing significant levels of mortgage stress, there are options in talking to your lender about potentially restructuring your loan, applying for temporary hardship, or trying to figure out alternative sources of finance. Well, that's it for today's podcast. I hope that you've learned something new and until next time. To keep up to date with Yana's podcasts and reports, follow her on LinkedIn and your favorite streaming platform.